0: I really do love the criminal defense practice. It's, uh, you know, I think when you're representing people, you see a different side of things too. So I've never felt threatened in that sense.
1: your podcast, Miriam Arrington Fisher. How are you today?
0: I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well.
1: I love saying your name. I was prepping for the interview and I was like, it's so like sophisticated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a mouthful, but
1: (laughs) yeah. Do you have any nicknames or anything that you go by?
0: You know, my, when I was a kid, my family called me Mir and um, that just, you know, never really translated to my adult life. So (laughs) I get, yeah, you know, other than like, mom, mommy, ma, you know, um, other than that, it's usually Miriam.
1: Yeah, understandable. Okay, cool. So Miriam, I'm really excited to talk to you because you have a fascinating story. You're an author, you're a lawyer, you've done all this stuff. And so would you share your background with the podcast audience?
0: Sure. So I, I'm one of those people that always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, growing up, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother watching courtroom dramas. So, uh, you know, Matlock, um, Columbo, Murder She Wrote, you know, lots of mystery type stuff. And I just was always fascinated by that. So I I did it. I went to law school and I loved law school, which I know is sometimes gets some weird looks, but yeah. I just really felt uh, for a long time that law was my calling. So I went to law school at University of Miami and I did my focus primarily was uh, public defense working in the public defender's office and also immigration law so public defense and criminal, criminal law was really my first love. I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney and being in Miami, uh, immigration law was such a huge issue there. Uh, I'm bilingual and I speak Spanish, and so it was very natural for me to start working with that community and working on those issues as well.
1: Yeah, so
0: you took the bar
1: exam in Virginia and you went to law school in Florida. Where are you from
0: originally? I'm originally from New Jersey.
1: Okay, so how, and I know law school took you to Florida, but why were you looking at Florida? Were you just trying to get out of the cold or what?
0: (laughs) I've never actually been asked this question in an interview, but the truth is, is that I, um, I'm I'm from New Jersey. I went to undergrad in Washington, D.C. in the at gw and i had planned on going back to the northeast and my senior year of law school i had a big breakup with my first serious boyfriend and i had a friend that was living in miami at the time and i went and visited her and just you know, decided to go for it and said, this is, this is where I need to be the beaches, the palm trees. Um, So I had already applied to a bunch of law schools up in the Northeast and I quick got my application into University of Miami and I got in and I went there and it was, it was amazing. I loved, loved the school, loved the city.
1: Yeah. Okay. So kudos for us (laughs) getting this background information. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I absolutely love that. So I've heard a couple other stories from people when they're like, you know, things just didn't happen and and I ended up here. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's how people make decisions. Right. Yes.
0: Um, Yes. Things are meant to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. so you had plans on being in the Northeast, which is why you ended up taking the bar in Virginia. Um, Is that where you're based now?
0: i am yep i've i've been in virginia for 14 going on 15 years and i uh i flew up here the day after i graduated law school i flew up to richmond and took the virginia bar exam and started working very shortly thereafter at my first job which was at a, a legal aid office mm-hmm. uh in a rural area actually outside of richmond okay so it was uh it was a quite a quite a change i really jumped in with both feet
1: yeah, were you happy to be back on the
0: East Coast though? Yeah, you know I've I I really like everywhere that I've lived. Um, okay. you know I I I liked moving around. I've been settled for a long time. Yeah, I have a family now. But I, I had a lot of fun in my twenties. You know, living in different cities and traveling and exploring. So uh, every every experience, every place I've lived has you know contributed something to who I am today. I guess.
1: Yeah. I have a really good friend who's in Coral Gables, Florida, Hmm. and she always laughs when I say the East Coast, you know, and I don't include Florida, but I consider Florida to be the South. Yeah, I really do. And so when I think, you know, East Coast, I think everything above there.
0: (laughs) Florida is its own world in and of Mm -hmm. itself, and Miami is its own world inside Florida.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Miriam, would you consider yourself to be a big reader outside of like legal case law and treaties and things like that?
0: Yes. Actually, it's funny that you say that because just this morning, my youngest son was complaining that I read too much.
1: (laughs) I hear that from my daughter. How old is your son?
0: The youngest is five. I also have a seven year old daughter. And then um, the oldest is 14.
1: Okay. I have a three-year-old and she's like, mommy, play. And I'm like sitting there with this huge book and I'm like, but I'm reading. How about you read too, right?
0: Where are I know. You I reading? know.
1: <laughs> okay. So I asked that question because you're an author. You have this great book out called Mom's a Lawyer. Wonderful cover. In fact, side note, I do book reviews on YouTube. So I'm definitely going to get this and read it and do a book review on it because oh, thank you. it's so cute. Um, what made you decide to write a book, which is completely different than what you do in your regular
0: nine to five day job? Yeah, so I think to answer that question, I have to give a little bit of context. Um, so. When I moved up to Virginia, I worked in legal aid. I moved over and did um, indigent defense, public defense, and then I joined a small law firm. So the first couple years of my practice, I got all of these great experiences and a lot of trial experience, which is really what I was passionate about and um when in 2016 i was working at a very reputable small firm here in richmond Um, i'd been there for a few years working with wonderful criminal defense attorneys trying cases and i was really happy there i was working really hard but i was doing what I had always dreamed of doing, which, you know, how many people can say that? Yes. And 2016 was a big year for me. I uh, I went through a divorce and uh, from my first husband, and I also had my daughter. So in the span of about two months, I became a, a single mom, or I became a mom, and then I became a single mom. And I also realized that the current pace that I had as an associate at that law firm was totally unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people ask a lot about whether it was because, you know, being a mom or being a woman, or it was a woman friendly or mom friendly. And it wasn't that anybody was not supportive of me. It was just the environment and the way that it was. Everybody worked all the time. It was seven days a week, going to the jails at night, preparing for trial on the weekends. And it wasn't sustainable, but I didn't want to go do something different. Like I couldn't let go of, I love being a lawyer. I love trying cases. Um, and so I just uh, kind of did my own thing, and I hung a shingle, you know, as we say, and I had no business plan and no business experience and I've referred to myself as an accidental entrepreneur because it just was a real quick decision based off of what I felt I needed to do um, because i I felt that I had so much to figure out about how I was going to make this all work, and at least as a as a law firm owner, I'd be beholden to myself but not to bosses, right. So that's what I did. I started a small law practice. I did what a lot of uh, small firms do initially, which is I, I rented some space with colleagues with friends and you know just was kind of out there doing the same type of, of work but for myself um, and the, the the next few years were a huge evolution for me. I got remarried I had you know more children um, and my personal life changed a little bit and when my oldest child started kindergarten, um, That was really a a big point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, daycare was until five, but kindergarten ends at three. And that was a big moment for me kind of in my evolution as a working parent. So from that point on, I started building my firm really more intentionally, strategically. How can I build a firm and maintain a litigation firm that's family friendly, not just for me, but also for my team. So I did what, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do is I tried to learn everything I didn't know. You know the the uh, professional development books, the masterminds, the podcasts, the webinars, and just little by little, I learned how to create a business and uh, turn a law practice into an actual business. And over time, I started having other women attorneys reach out to me and say, you know, hey, I, I saw what you're doing. It looks like your firm is really growing. How is this working? I heard that you leave the office at three. How do you pull that off? And That sort of um, informal mentoring, I guess, if you will, sort of turned itself into more of a formal uh, consulting uh, side hustle. And those materials that I was just sharing with colleagues turned into a book and became a book. And so I decided to publish uh, Mom's a Lawyer. And... Um, was just really uh, thrilled. I've heard from women attorneys all over the country and even a few people in Canada that this book helped inspire them to start their own practice and that they used it to help their own, um, help help start a practice. And it's just been amazing.
1: Yes. Okay. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I try to keep the questions and make sure the podcast is audience focused, right? It's not just me, me, me talking, but like, We got to talk about just me and you for a minute, because I'm a mom. I worked at a big law firm. The 70-hour work weeks were expected. And in fact, you enjoyed it, right, for a long time Mm -hmm. until I had my daughter June 2020. And I remember going back to work in September, and I was like, yes, I have help with her, but I also want to be with her, right? It's not like I couldn't do both, but then I was having a really hard time finding other people who enjoyed their job, people who weren't just like, oh, quit and be with your baby or just put your kid in daycare and don't worry about it. People who would kind of understand both.
0: Exactly. Right in the middle. That's exactly how I felt. I felt that there there was nothing for me in the middle. like. I love being a lawyer. I'm passionate about it. I'm so proud of the work that we do with the clients that we serve. And, but I also love, um, you know, everybody loves their kids, but, you know, being with them and spending time with them, obviously that looks differently for different people, but I agree a hundred percent. I felt like there was these two ends of the spectrum and there was nothing in the middle. And mm-hmm. so that's what I tried to forge. And you know, the book was really like what I wish I had when I started doing that. I think it would have been easier and quicker um, and less stressful if I had had some kind of guide. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And what I really enjoy about Mom's a Lawyer, which is highly rated, everybody take a look. (laughs) The book is on Amazon. It's available in hardcover and paperback. But what I love about it is that it's not just mom's a lawyer, the type A mom, how she tackles parenting, right? It's Mm -hmm. about how to take control of your life. And when I think about starting a business, when I think about being an accidental entrepreneur, I think about the freedom, the flexibility, the fact that you could create a life and be done at three in the afternoon or three. Yeah. In the afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that your daughter was born in 2020. Um, that was, um, so let's see so my my daughter was in in preschool at that point but she was kind of we were transitioning we had the kindergarten date on the horizon and i think that that so her starting kindergarten was a big thing for me but for so many working parents and in particular working moms the pandemic created additional challenges and also was a little bit of a turning point because even if like you said you know there child care is always an option but it was actually not really an option always during covid and it got really hard and that was exactly that those two things kind of came together and that's when my husband and i started having the conversation of you know what's this going to look like when all the when the kids are in school full-time and you know what are we going to do and i just felt like i want to pick them up i want to do that i want to free up the afternoons and so what do i need to do in the business to make that Happen, make that a possibility.
1: Yeah, I feel like before becoming a mom, I would have said, Oh, it's unfortunate that you had to create your own business to find what you wanted. But now, as a mom, I'm especially leaning on to the fact that you were creative enough and you were pioneering enough to say, No, I want this. How do I make my life look like that? And then also, how can I teach other women how to do it as well? Right? Because it's not a bad thing that you had to create your own law firm in order to get what you wanted. In fact, um, I can even say now I'm thinking about it. It would have been naive of me, (laughs) but there's just things you don't know before you're a parent. So I love the fact that like, even I can appreciate that. I appreciate the website and the book's title. Mom's a lawyer because I'm a mom and I'm a lawyer. It's both. Right.
0: Yeah. I I love that. And I, you know, I think on the one hand you could say, yeah, I wish that the, The legal profession was already more accommodating but um i also feel really honored to be part of this movement to make it more accommodating and while i initially i was focused on you know my own needs um that very quickly turned into my law firm culture and i have you know right now we're an all-women law firm we have other moms uh people with all sorts of family situations and um you know i then i sort of developed this vision of can we prove that you can run a successful profitable law firm uh, for that's also family friendly because so much of what we see and you kind of mentioned this a, a few minutes ago about it's one or the other um, a lot of the resources that are geared towards working moms in my mind sort of encourage people to almost keep themselves small you know work during nap time work from your living room which you know if, if that's what people want to do that's phenomenal but i think that there should be a multitude of options and um you know running a profitable business and and still being the kind of parent that you want to be should be an option
1: yeah absolutely so miriam i have to give a quick commercial here for everyone who is watching on youtube thank you so much i really appreciate it there are new um new lawyer interviews that come out every two weeks on youtube and there's also the segment called what i wish i knew in law school which comes out every week And for everyone that is listening on Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, (laughs) Amazon Music, Spotify, all of that, just a reminder that these podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well so that you can watch the video, okay? So back into the interview with Miriam. So Miriam, with the law firm that you own and operate, is it a nationwide law firm or do you only serve clients in Virginia?
0: Um, that's a great question. We we're all licensed in Virginia. Um, but many of our practice areas lend themselves to federal practice, and we also co-counsel with other law firms. So our, we have three practice areas, criminal defense, immigration, and then plaintiff's side civil litigation. Our criminal defense practice is, uh, is based in Virginia. Um, we do serious defense in Virginia state and federal courts. Immigration is federal, and so we can actually accept clients from all across the country. And we have clients overseas as well. We have a, uh, a small office in Guatemala City. Um, with a lot of uh, bilingual support staff because we serve a bilingual client base. And then our civil litigation, um, we are based in Virginia, but we do handle cases outside with co-counsel. So we we cover a pretty a pretty broad area. We're pretty busy. Yeah, sounds like it. And then
1: I'll have to move this earlier in the conversation. I don't quite know where, but you mentioned that you wrote the book because it just kind of came out as you were you know figuring things out for yourself and then people were asking you questions about it how does that happen <laughs> like in hindsight are you writing during that time were you staying up an extra hour and kind of putting the outline together like i would love to write a book and i can't imagine how or when i would find the time honestly so how did you prioritize that
0: yeah, so I'm something that about me is I'm a morning person. Um, I would rather work from 4am to 4pm, you know, than And so when I was writing the book, when I had decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create a manuscript. I just started um, waking up at 4 a.m. every morning, which isn't that crazy for me. That's a time that is just, I'm, I'm at my best. And so if I'm preparing for a big trial or something like that, I do that. You know, with, with three kids, two still little, it's like, I that's really what it takes to, to be uninterrupted at home. So I was uh, writing for a couple hours in the morning before everybody kind of started waking up at six uh, and then working during the day. I'm pretty useless at night, honestly. I'm you know, once I have the kids to bed I can maybe read for, for a while, but I'm I'm not a night owl, I never have been.
1: Yeah. I have forced myself to be a night owl, but I'm a morning person too. I like to get up and work from five to six thirty and then mm-hmm. my daughter's up at seven and then the house is getting up and stuff like that. And um I just think my brain is fresher first thing in the morning. Like I love that time. Um but then that also means I'm asleep at eight forty five, like yep. every single day. Um
0: no That's exceptions
1: mean. even for the weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, there when you're when you have little kids, like weekend, week, there's no there's nothing special about the weekend. It's you know you gotta
1: keep that routine. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Miriam, just out of sheer curiosity, you're practicing criminal defense and immigration law. Were you ever discouraged from continuing practicing in these types of areas of law once you started having children? You know, was there ever any kind of a shield yourself, don't create a website, don't make it so people can find you when you're working in these practice areas?
0: Uh, no, not really the practice areas. I do really love both of them. Um, there, are, there were particular case types that became more challenging for me. Um, just because of sort of the timeline, um, practicing immigration law, uh, with, I had babies when the family separation uh, cases were going on with the border. I did a few of those pro bono. And uh, more than anything in my entire career, I struggled with those. And I've, you know, I I had a death penalty case before the death penalty was abolished. I've, you know, done murders. I have I have done all, every serious case that you can imagine. And those cases, um, I, I couldn't do them as a mom yeah. with young kids. I really couldn't so I transitioned out of that, and we still do immigration law, but we just focus on other case types now. Okay, all right,
1: and I hope you don't mind me asking that, but I was I was just curious. Um, I remember the couple of times when I would visit prisons when I was in law school, and you know they're very strict on what you wear and, and not wearing any fragrance and your hair and all this stuff. And I was like, I was wondering how those limitations of that type of law fit into your life. So,
0: yeah, I've always. Um, you know, I have good relationships with clients. I, I, I really do love the criminal defense practice. It's, uh, you know, I think when you're representing people, you see a different side of things too. So I've never felt threatened in that sense. Yeah. Okay. And so two questions here, and then we'll be done. So
1: the one mom's a lawyer I love the name. I mean, it's very similar to You Are a Lawyer. And a lot of times people are like, that name is so stupid. You should see it and know what it is. And I'm like, give it time. <laughs> That's the to grow on people. Um, what made you decide to call the website and in your book, Mom's a Lawyer?
0: Um, so it, i actually got it from my daughter. And um uh so you know, I wrote this I guess it's two years ago now is when I actually wrote and submitted the manuscript. So at the time my kids would have been three the little ones would have been three and five. And um you know my three-year-old, the boy, he's very argumentative. He thinks he knows everything, right? So he he'll try to school me on things. And my girl has my back, and you know she's she's always kind of taking my side. And so we were in the car one day, and he was kind of debating me on something, something silly, you know. And um, my daughter jumped to my defense, and and she said, "Yeah, you know, his name's Jacob." She goes, "Jacob, mom's a lawyer." You know and that was like her mic drop like mom knows yeah. everything and it just kind of stuck in my head it, it seemed really funny to me um i've really tried to show my kids who i am and what i do you know and on an, an age-appropriate level they've they've been to my office they know you know, basically kind of what we do and i try to show my career and my work in a positive light it's not something that takes me away from them and it's not something that puts me in a bad mood or stresses me out it's something that where i serve other people and something that i love to do um and so when she said that it it kind of resonated with me that that she had a positive view of of my professional life so that kind of stuck in the back of my head and uh when i floated that idea as the book title you know, I like tried it with some people and some people thought it was like kind of weird, but I just, you know, it just felt right to me. Yeah. I love that. And it's a
1: little tribute to your daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Miriam, one, my last question here is, do you have any advice for new lawyers, lawyers practicing five years or less or law students about what they can do with their law degrees?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think the advice that I have for, for law students in particular, but also for younger lawyers. Something that I've found is that I, every opportunity you, you can learn and grow in every opportunity. And so looking back, there are different things that I did, different internships that I took, different jobs that I had that didn't necessarily at the time seem like a direct line to where I wanted to be, but I learned something from from each of those. And so um, my first job out of law school, I wanted to be a public defender, but there was a hiring freeze and the public defender's office wasn't hiring. So I went and applied to legal aid, which, you know, same idea, it's indigent, uh, you know, client services, but it was in civil law, not criminal law. And I didn't really want to be doing family law and landlord tenant and things like that. But it ended up being a wonderful experience, both in trial advocacy and just being thrown into the courtroom and also learning what it was like to represent people and connect with clients and have responsibilities. So, um, you know, even though that wasn't my dream job out of law school, in retrospect, I'm very grateful for it. And it was a, a great relationship. And I ended up, you know, meeting you know people who later recruited me to other jobs. And for, also for, for new lawyers, I think really not being afraid to forge their own path. Um, I've been practicing for about eight years when I started my own firm. So I had a few clients, you know, that came with me, but it wasn't like I had this booming book of business because I was leaving a law firm where, you know, I was an associate and there were other other more senior lawyers. And so it's not like I took tons of business with me. So I think that um, finding ways to... to learn skills and, and uh, increase your knowledge are good, but also not being afraid to forge your own path. There's so many resources out there now that didn't exist you know, 15 years ago. And so I think it's easier than ever for people to be entrepreneurs um, so that they can practice law the way that they want to and be the kind of lawyers that they want to be and also have the type of personal life that they want to have.
1: Whatever kind of life and personal and professional life that you want that you can imagine, you can create it basically.
0: Exactly. That's a perfect yeah. way to put it.
1: And so you've been practicing for five years but you started your firm four years ago three years
0: um i i went off on my own in 2016.
1: okay all right great Mm -hmm. so within five years so everyone if you if you're like this is not it maybe it's time for you to just make your own law firm
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i i was i started practicing in 2009 i started my firm in 2016. so i guess that's uh, seven years, not, not so seven years. And then uh, yeah, here I am now. I have 10 person law firm and um, you know I, I've never looked back. I, I can't imagine doing anything else now.
1: Yeah. And if you are interested in launching your own law firm, Miriam actually has a course that is on her website, momsAlawyer.com where you can sign up to learn how to launch your own law firm. And Miriam, is this course only for women or only for parents or is it for anyone?
0: No, it's really not parent parent specific. I think okay. it would be great for anyone and um, you know I also if people aren't sure if, if what they want to do or they sure aren't sure if that's the right fit I love to hop on calls with people and talk a little bit about their goals and see if that program is a good fit or if there's something else that might be a better fit.
1: Absolutely. So everyone make sure you take a look at the website mommsolguiard.com. You can find out more details about Miriam's course and you can also purchase her book okay? So thank you so much, Miriam. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Mm -hmm.